Hey everybody, welcome back to a special episode of Ruben's Rants. It is currently May, which means it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and while I normally don't give a fuck about um, awareness months, uh, it feels like a good time to talk about mental health because we've done a lot of that on our podcast in the past. We have. Um, And because all of us here have, you know, like mental health issues, and we just, you know, sometimes it's useful to... Feel like you're not the only one, and we just want that for some of y'all. As some of you have expressed, uh, it makes us feel real good that certain people use our podcast as like a... We had somebody tell us that, you know, even during dark times, our podcast can make them smile. So that's kind of the goal, really, at the end of the day. So I just kind of wanted to talk about how important it is to maintain that and get the help that you need. So right at the... to maintain it in healthy ways. Yeah. So at the top of the episode, I just want to remind everybody, I'm not going to do the cliche thing and call out all the numbers or whatever, but like there's the suicide hotline, there's mental health hotlines of all different shapes and sizes for all kinds of different issues that you might have. Um, There are online resources like BetterHelp. Probably you've got in your town, unless it's very small, you've probably got a therapist office that's like a... um, Income, income based, based on a sliding scale on a sliding scale super helpful i use one of those myself like um medication i take it but for a long time i was very anti-medication do what's right for you i'm not going to say that it's good i'm not going to say that it's bad it works for some people and usually there is one that can work for you but at the same time Sometimes it makes you feel wrong, so don't do it. Always worth mentioning that medication and traditional, you know, quote unquote, talk therapy work best in tandem. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, off, I would all always recommend starting out with talk therapy. Yeah, like it's super easy to find, like just find somebody who doesn't treat you like a kid, like an yeah. idiot, and talk to them, and you'll eventually find that uh, they're actually kind of helping you. Yeah. Kat and I have been doing way better about communication lately mm-hmm. and kind of being more okay with using each other as therapists. Yeah. I, I would say that <clears throat> supporting each other in a relationship is super important. I would also say that if it's certain issues require a therapist, not just a loved one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, certain issues, but absolutely yeah. you use the loved ones that you have. I don't want to say use them as therapists, but yeah, yeah, yeah. be open to the fact that they can do something akin to therapy for you. Yeah. Support is good. <laughs> that's, that's really it. Um, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys about like your, your own mental health journeys kind of mm-hmm. see where we're all at. Like right now, for me, I've been kind of going through it recently and having a little bit of a hard time. I don't necessarily want to talk about why, mm-hmm. but um, the guys know, but you guys don't need to. Um, you know what the biggest bitch of it is for me? Hmm. Executive dysfunction. Yep. That shit sucks. And it is a cycle. That shit sucks. The cyclical nature of executive... So executive dysfunction is that thing when... You know that you need to get up and do something. Like, I know that uh, I've put it off for too long, and I need to come up here, and I need to lock myself in this room for three, four hours, and I need to do research for the next script that that I'm writing. But for whatever reason, I just cannot convince my brain that that's what I need to do. It feels, for a lot of people, it feels like, this is like an ADHD thing. Mm -hmm. Um, For a lot of people... um, it feels like they are chained down to wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes I've had this one where in the past, I don't have this one so much anymore, but I have it in different ways now. But I used to have the one where I would start the shower and then I would sit in the bathroom, but not in the shower for like a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, I don't do that one so much anymore, but I do have the one where it's kind of opposite that, where it's like I can't, sometimes I cannot get out of the shower until the water is fully ice cold. Yep. Um, or like sometimes I'll get, I'll, I'll, oh, I hate this one too. Do you ever get the one where you just, you get ready to do the task, mm-hmm. you have set it up to where it'll be the easiest possible way to do the task. And you then stop doing the task. Yes. And now everything is completely set up. 
all of the groceries are out of the bags, and you're which should make it them. really easy for me to put them where they're supposed to go. But I, there's just a block, and it's so hard to explain. Mm-hmm. It's like an overwhelming urge to not. Yes, it, that, that is the best way to explain it, and that's not going to make sense to anyone who didn't experience it at some point. Yep. And it's not like procrastination either. It's like procrastination no. is I don't want to do the thing. This is I desperately I'm going want to do to something do the else thing. so that I don't have to do the thing and I don't have to think about the thing. This no, is I don't actually have another option. This is I, I just can't, can't stop thinking about doing the thing, but I can't. My brain, for some reason, can't force my body to do the thing. Uh huh. It happens a lot. And it can happen for fun stuff, too, where you're like, I want to play this game. And then you just mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. It's a whole bitch. It's a whole bitch. <laughs> Don. Yes. You don't have executive dysfunction. I do sometimes. Yeah. Especially, like you said, when it comes to writing the scripts. Because mm-hmm. I know, I mean, I've gotten I'm almost done with uh, Deranged. The, the book about Albert Fish. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to so many podcasts about Albert Fish that I could probably write the story. by Right. You could probably sit down and freehand the whole thing because you've already consumed so much yeah. of the content about it. But And I'll even bring up Word. Mm-hmm. And I'll sit there and look at it and, and see in that little flashing. Looking icon. at a blank yes. Word document oh, is the God. worst thing. Yeah, that's yeah. why when I, oh. when I do the scripts, I have to make some kind of just like really uh, low effort outline mm-hmm. so that it fills the page a little bit so that I can look at it and be like, okay, there's some of this process already looking at me. I can fill in the blanks where yeah. they need to be here. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've had to do to like, I talk about it a lot where I say I have to play a game with myself to like convince myself to do it. I've got to go like weird roundabout ways to sometimes when I have a hard time with laundry, like I do, I do a lot of laundry because of other reasons. Like I take a lot of showers yeah, because that's another ADHD thing. (laughs) But um, so like I wash my clothes quite a bit, but almost every time I go to start a load, I have this weird game that I absolutely have to play where I have to like trick myself. Like I have to start doing a different thing while I'm doing the laundry sometimes so that I can do it. Like I have to like watch a video on YouTube yes. and then wander into the laundry room and then, <laughs> oh, look. A pile of clothing. I wonder yep. what I should do with that. And then That's, you just stand there for a few minutes. YouTube is probably actually one of the single most helpful things for my mental health. Because one thing I'm really into right now is watching videos about crypto scams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're so interesting. And But they're very... They're not... Don't visual. buy NFTs, Don't people. Buy Don't fucking buy NFTs. fucking NFTs. I swear that to God. me. One of the things that we can do, remember I told you no. we got a If you say no. NFTs. No, 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 no. You got to hear me. This is <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Remember I told you that we, I set up a Teespring account for uh-huh. us. One of the things that we can sell are NFTs. Oh. Normal fucking t-shirts? <laughs> no. NF- actual <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> We're oh not doing God. that. But yeah. Yeah. Just one time, if we can get one person to buy one for 2.5 mil. No, we can't. Yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, you want to buy the two towns over in Fuck NFT? that, dude. I want, listen, I'm trying to monetize a weed strain right now. <laughs> <laughs> one thing at a time. One thing at a time. No, YouTube is super beneficial to me in playing that game with myself because it's like, I need to do the dishes. I hate doing the dishes, but I've got a little window right above my sink where I can set my phone mm-hmm. and I can, you know, queue up five or six. Like another channel I love is Nerdstalgic. Oh, I used to love Nerdstalgic. I love Nerdstalgic. I yeah, they do big, not big deep dives. They're like 10 minutes long into, um, you know, into like various like writing aspects of sometimes kids shows, sometimes like Breaking Bad level stuff where they talk about just the, the genius writing that goes into Breaking Bad. And I can sit there, I crank the volume, queue up, you know, two or three nerdstalgic videos to cover the 20, 30 minutes it's going to take me to wash and dry the dishes. I can once I'm in a mental state where I'm ready to do that, I can I have to get in a mental state where I feel like I can get on my feet. And where I want to watch YouTube. And then I'll go, 
okay, I need to do the dishes while I watch these YouTube videos Mm -hmm. because then there's actually some productivity happening there. Podcasts, ironically, are one of the things that helps me with that. Podcasts got me through CVS. Yeah. Like I literally sometimes I'll get in the car. This is one of the ones where I freeze a lot. I'll get in the car and I'll get ready to go. And then I will just scroll Mm -hmm. through what to watch. And then I will, it takes varying amounts of times, but sometimes I'll be able to just, oh, wait, no, I'm about to be driving here. Let me put a podcast on. That way it feels like someone's talking to me because I like to watch a lot of YouTube videos where it's like, Video, video like game theory, video essays. Yeah. Like Shout out Jacob Geller, the best essayist on the platform. Man's brilliant. I have not heard him. You would maybe. love. I will, I will send you a link. Send um, a it's, it's about uh, uh, Nazism, uh, whiteness, and being Jewish in Wolfenstein. Oh, wow. Yes. Absolute standout. Gym. I love that shit. Yes. I love yeah, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Like, so, so, so good. But I really like to, I like to he- hear people talking about things, mm-hmm. not necessarily to me. Right. And I don't know why that does a thing for my brain, but it does. It makes me be able to move around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, I can't, I can't do anything. I cannot sit down to tie my shoes if I don't turn on a, a podcast or a YouTube video or something. Bro, I can't I, even roll a blunt if I'm not listening to something. Yes. Like I cannot, no, literally, exactly. I cannot do anything if I am not hearing something on purpose. I have to also be consuming content. Mm-hmm. It's I, I simply have to, and maybe that's not the healthiest thing, but it's what gets me to do healthier things than sitting and doing nothing. And even sometimes like I just recently, oh, by the way, I just, I started journaling. Fine. Like, nice. like actually, like, you know, stream of consciousness, you know, whatever. Not like, um, not like scrapbooking, but like <laughs> <laughs> I, scrapbooking your thoughts. Well, kind of not really, but like I started it and I, for the first time in a very long time, I had to turn off the sound because the act of writing was taking up that same space in my brain. Yes. So like, you know, yeah, I have to put on like lo-fi beats with no lyrics when I come up here to write scripts. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I was listening to music and then I was hearing too many lyrics and I was in it at that point. Yes. So I just had to turn it you off. Start writing the lyrics if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to turn it off cuz I couldn't I didn't want to like switch over and start scrolling cuz when you start looking at your phone that's like the worst. Yes, you, know, you thing. have you have done the worst possible thing. So I that's just That's that's another thing that like I tell Cat all the time um I can clean a house to the point where it is spotless. But my house in, is actually way cleaner than it probably should be last time i was at your house it was so clean it was beautiful it's because when i have the like my adhd spikes and i get like energy like i don't feel comfortable unless my house feels like there are no there's nothing there Mm -hmm. like i don't feel like because i have i've had pets for basically my whole life yeah and when my parents moved out was the first time I didn't have an animal in my room. Mm-hmm. So I cleaned the whole house of yeah. pet hair. And now if I don't keep it clean, like, and neat, like even the dishes, like I can't, I don't like looking at them. Like to the point where when I get home, usually I'll just ride that energy, clean the whole fucking house and then sit down. Like, I sometimes don't have time to do other things because I clean. Yeah. Like, again, almost obsessively. See, I want to get to that point where, so, I mean, you guys see my house is generally a little bit cluttered. You know, you guys see when you come in the front mm-hmm. door, it's generally a little bit yeah. cluttered. Your house, like, okay, this is what I'm trying my to describe. My house is lived in. Yes. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I'm trying to describe something to the listener that's not translating. Y'all might think it's cool that I clean my house that much. And it is. It's great to live in a clean environment, whatever. Mm, It's great for your mental health to live in a clean environment. My house looks like no one lives there. Looks like it's ready to be sold on display. Like, like I like it to look like that. It's beautiful, too. I don't know why. I 
I would rather live in a lived-in looking house, but my house looks like a fucking display house usually. Well, see, here's I, I've had to get to a certain point, and I'll tell a little bit of a story about when my mental health was at its worst. Did you ever visit my old house, the one that was right behind CVS? Yes. Yes. Do you mm. remember how disgusting it was? I do. It was genuinely horrific. Yeah. It smelled like rat piss. It, the kitchen was constantly, there was no counter space anywhere because there was just trash piled all over it with like six full trash bags just in the kitchen. The all best way the time. I can kind of describe it is like you all, anybody with like a depressed depression will know the sort of state that your room can get in when you like eat in there and you mm -hmm. don't take off the trash or whatever. The movie version of that was what that house was yes, like. Yes, it was horrible. It was and here here it, it was a it was about a horrible depression that I was fighting at the time that led it to be that way too. Like you, even your sister came over and did my dishes mm -hmm. more than once I think. Um I had a, a coworker who was you know, he was a like severe alcoholic and he asked if he could crash on my couch mm -hmm. for a couple of nights until he had somewhere else to go. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He came over and th this was, this was a guy who like I thought was worse off than me. And he came into my house for the first time and he sat down on the couch and he was like, can I help you clean this place up a little bit? And I was like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, man. It's fine. I'll get to it. Mm hmm. Because it takes, it saps your energy to do anything else. Right. And part of that was because I lived with two other early 20s dudes mm -hmm. in a two bedroom house. One person's living, the one person's bedroom was the living room. He slept on the couch in the living room mm -hmm. until one of them finally moved out. And that, that's what started it. But then it got to the point where it's, you know, it's too overwhelming for me to do anything about it. But I'm so overwhelmed because I can't do anything about it. And you get that cycle going. But the whole place just got to the point where it was disgusting. I finally moved out and I moved into, you know, like a 23 foot long camper. It was very small. It was very easy to keep clean. Mm -hmm. And I kept it pristine. Yeah. All the time. And now I have finally gotten back to the point where I can be okay living in a, a place that looks lived in as long as there's not food trash mm -hmm. all over the place. That That's yeah. what will get to me is when there's food trash. Usually like the only time that I, my house does not look like, like I specifically set it up for pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and I keep saying that like, it's not a brag. It is something that is a detriment to my daily life generally, as far as the amount of time that I spend obsessing over it. But it's I will not, still have panic attacks if this house gets too dirty. I yeah, will have a full but that's why I do attack. it so yes. obsessively is because right now I am in a sort of a worse place. So if I see it being that dirty, it'll be even worse, mm -hmm. which now that I'm in therapy suddenly gives me the motivation to do it. Right. But I will say that whenever I have like every Saturday, usually most Saturdays I have my friends come over. Some of my friends come over for D and D or a game night or mm -hmm. whatever. And, um, usually I will leave the living room. Like I'll clean up all the food stuff, like the snacks and such. And then I'll just leave the books. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't take that long to put them up, but also it does look like people were there for a minute mm -hmm. and that, is also helpful, you know? Yeah. Oh, I totally do a thing like when you guys are going to come over sometimes where I like, I think the first time you guys were ever coming after we moved the studio into here, um, I got the whole house pristine and I was like, now they're going to know that I cleaned just because they were coming over. I got to like throw a hoodie over this chair and like, <laughs> I got yeah, to throw a couple touches, of clean, bud. yeah, <laughs> I got to throw a couple of clean dishes in the sink. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like mess up the a, carpet so it doesn't look like I just vacuumed it. Like, put a put a cup right next to the sink. Yeah, <laughs> with some just some some just some water right in the bottom yeah, of yeah. it. Like, <laughs> but like, oh, I mean, you know, I was gonna say this earlier too. Like with dishes or laundry or whatever, like sometimes you don't have to do the whole thing. It's like, a lot better to half-ass it than to not do it at all. You can leave clean dishes on the rack. Yeah, please leave your fucking clean Fuck dishes, dishes on goddamn right. They're clean. Like, you can leave your clothes in the dryer for until someone else needs that bitch. 
like that's the time you don't need to worry about like you don't you know oh look at me i have a washer and dryer in my house i don't have to drive a mile to a laundromat fuckers well (laughs) (laughs) i do have to fill my washer by a bucket so like (laughs) i would still take that over having to go to the laundromat yeah that's why i do it bud (laughs) because and that's another thing is i I can't leave right now i could go on marketplace and buy a new washer yeah i won't Cause I don't want to, or like, I can't, you know, Yeah. like, I don't know, like until that bitch breaks, I won't buy another one because I just can't, I can't convince myself to just do it. It just is. I listener can't see me shrug, but I did yeah, a couple big shrug, times, big shrugs, big shrugs. Oh, that's Ruben's right. rap name. Big, big shrugs. shrugs, big shrugs, no. <laughs> big Ben. And I'm a, and I'm a London-based grime rapper. <laughs> Doesn't pronounce his T's. Big Ben and his ting. Um, <laughs> anyway, now I want to get on to a little bit more serious stuff. So this is like uh, maybe uh, like a trigger warning worthy for part of this episode, maybe. Because I kind of just want to talk about the worst parts for me right now, because I'm working through some stuff. And I have mentioned before on the podcast that I don't date at all. And I feel like maybe that deserves some explanation. But first, before we get to all that, like, is there anything regarding mental health that either one of you want to like bring up? Like, Don, I know you were mentioning earlier when we mentioned mental health month that you might have a couple things if you felt like sharing really the only mental health thing I have right now really is just grief. Mm -hmm. But you know, little things like tonight, even on my way here, I stopped at Taco Bell and ordered my dinner and my total was $7 and 81 cents. 781 was my boy scout troop number that Mm -hmm. my dad was a scout master of. So Mm -hmm. even that little thing was like, ah, Damn it. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, I, that, that's really, I mean, I've, I had my time mm-hmm. where I had depression and everything. Mm-hmm. I still occasionally, I, I mean, I still have, when people come to my house, even if it's just one person that comes to my house, by the time they leave, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and even I take though, a nap when you guys leave a lot of times. <laughs> mm hmm. So, I mean, I still have that, and I don't like going to, like, big parties and stuff like that. But, I mean, for the most part, my depression, depression, depression ended probably in my early 20s. I was lucky to be able to get a handle on mine around the same point in my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the the topic of grief, I want to say this real quick because I love it. It's something I saw online one time, but it's something that I mention – anytime someone's going through grief because it was really it was a really it it, it helped me when i lost my cat is it the box with the button yeah yeah that i told cindy that and she's like that's an amazing it's incredible what's that one i feel like i should know that one so imagine a box and on the inside of this box there's a little button Mm -hmm. on the side Mm -hmm. and when you're experiencing grief there is a very large ball Mm-hmm. that is inside of that box, almost the size of the box itself. Mm-hmm. And it bounces off the walls over and over and over again. And every time it hits that little button, it hurts. That's your grief. Mm-hmm. Over time, that ball that keeps hitting the button gets smaller. It hits the button less often, but when it hits the button, it still hurts just as bad. Mm-hmm. The grief doesn't decrease. It just, you experience it less often. I was talking to my therapist today about emotions and how I experienced them. Um, and I didn't have this thought until later. It's that always the f- worst, isn't it? Well, not you don't really. have the thought until later. No, but that's kind of the point, though. Yeah, true. Is to have those realizations, even when you're not talking to your right, therapist. Right, yeah. But I was thinking about... that's First of all, that's a really good metaphor. It's an excellent it's, metaphor. I, I love that to death. I, I espouse that any... I, chance I get. Not that I love getting chances to talk about that. But. Well, but I, I, I was thinking about how I experience my thoughts. And I'm an intuitive thinker, but I'm also a conceptual thinker. 
So like if I'm thinking in sentences, it's because I am deliberately doing that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just like thoughts and impressions and emotions and such. And so when I experience, say like uh, the internet likes to say big mad. Yeah. Anger is big. It can be hot yeah. or cold. And the hot one is trying to get you to do something. And the cold one is trying to get you to fucking chill. Pun intended. <laughs> and that one is probably the second biggest emotion that I feel. There's happy, which is like a medium-sized emotion for me. It's also got like a yellow or golden or silver color. I apply stuff like that to, yeah, no, I'm with you. But I was thinking, and I was thinking, grief isn't big. It's heavy. Yeah. Like it's like a very small weight. Yes. It's like a really dense, and I imagined it like a really dense ball Mm -hmm. that just settles like in the pit of your stomach. And then until you get used to feeling that weight shift around, almost like that box metaphor you were just Mm -hmm. talking about, it's like you can carry as much grief as as a life will fit. And it's small, but it is heavy. And until you get used to carrying that weight, you can still feel it. Mm -hmm. Then it pushes under the noticeable difference for any science people out there. It pushes under that noticeable difference, and you finally kind of integrate back into normalcy. Mm-hmm. And that's every time a grief happens, any time. And the, the size of the ball doesn't change, but its density can, depending on the event. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that. I One of the things that I, I heard something one time that kind of helped me a lot when it came to depression, and that's kind of when I started to... Um, I used to really be into like um, Christian fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read all the Left Behind books. I was just going to yep. say Left Behind. Yeah, we talked about it before. There was an author, or still is, his name's Ted Decker. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that name. He wrote the Circle Trilogy. I've heard of that trilogy. Red, Black, White, and Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote those. You might like those. That's fantasy. That was at Heather's Place. And That's the coolest thing about that. that book, those books, is you can start on any one of them. Mm -hmm. And as long as you read them in order, it comes back to that book the way he wrote it. It was really cool. That's very cool. And it's fantasy. Mm -hmm. So um, like bat creatures and shit. Mm -hmm. But I was listening to an interview with him one time and someone was asking him why his villains that he writes are so evil and so dark. I mean, he wrote some very just dark ass and for Christian fiction. It's kind of like, wow, that's like Stephen King shit. Right. And he made the comment, he was just talking, and he just said it so flippantly. He was talking about, you know, he made, made them darker so the hero was lighter. And he he's, he's just flippantly said, the deeper the valley, the higher the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as soon as he said By that... By necessity. I, yeah. I yeah. realized that it doesn't matter how bad you feel. If you can stay with it, and sometimes I know it's hard to stay with it, eventually you're going to get back on top of out of that valley and back on top. And the the mm-hmm. worse it is, the better you're going to feel afterwards. I, which is a huge thing for mental health. I understand that metaphor. I am hesitant to use it for a reason that we're going to guess where now it's time to get into what I was talking about earlier. Loneliness is the biggest emotion for me. It's so big that I don't know how to deal with it. It covers or, literally everything else. Yeah. Right. Like anger, when I say anger is big, I mean anger fills up my body and and makes it hard to move around physically and it makes it hard to think. Loneliness for me overwhelms that container. Mm-hmm. It just spills out and over. I was going to say loneliness becomes external. Yes. If in this metaphor everything else is internal, loneliness yes. is external. Yes. And so it's harder for me to deal with. So, and and for me specifically, as some listeners will remember, um, I was molested as a child for a number of years by a family friend who was a woman. And it, I mean, it changed a whole lot about the way I think about the world. Mm-hmm. But... It is, I am hesitant to use that when you get, 
you know, if you stick with it, you can get back on top of the mountain because I have stuck with it for a long time. And I told my therapist this today. I said, anger, I have learned how to deal with as big as it is, as bad as it makes me feel as much Mm -hmm. as I don't like feeling it like not the type of anger that's on the podcast, you know, when I'm mad yeah. at somebody in the past that's or whatever. That's fun anger. That's fun anger. That's you're playing magic and your friend just pulled some fucking Uno reverse type shit on you. Right. And they just literally played an Uno reverse card on right, Magic. Right. But like it's table. in the magic font and it's yeah, a legal right. card and you're like, where the fuck did you get that, you <laughs> son of a bitch? That's fun. I don't like feeling the type of anger that makes you actually mad. Mm-hmm. Like I, cause it, I feels so uncomfortable and antithetical to who I'm want to be. And to your self image. Yes. Right. And I, I can get through that because I know that at the end of that anger, I'll be back to where I was before and it'll feel better and it'll be great. I told my therapist this today. I said, I can deal with anger because I know that I eventually will not be angry anymore. I do not know if I will ever not be lonely. So, like, other people out there, I understand what it's like to face a problem that you, even with years of therapy and medication and all that, you don't know if you'll get past it. And I would like to acknowledge, as hard as it is, that sometimes you don't. However, there is a quote that gets me through some really hard times. And it was, if I cannot live the life that I I don't even know who to attribute this to. Mm -hmm. But if I cannot live the life that I want to live, I will still live one that I am proud of. Yeah. So, I know a lot of people with serious mental health issues have this feeling of being tired and like you're fighting really hard and you don't want to be where you are. You will not always be where you are. And in fact, Don is absolutely correct. If you can stick through it, times will get better. Yeah. You might not hit the top of the mountain dog. No, but you won't be in that Valley. And that's right. way better. And sometimes, in fact, the top of the mountain is mania, and that's just as bad. Yeah. Yes. So, I'm like, just, I'm just saying that's but, that's but, what works for me. Yeah. No, that's great. That's beautiful. I'm just mentioning this because this this is what works for me. And there's lots of different types of people out there, and I want to make sure that as many viewpoints and as many sort of coping strategies as we can muster are out there. There's actually um, mentioning the the mountaintops and the the valleys there's a musical called next to normal which I've is heard of that it's i think sammy was the one that told me about that one probably yeah i think sammy and i were really into that at the yeah. same time what did you say it was called next, next to normal, normal. Mm-hmm. it's about um a mother who is experiencing bipolar mania grief and a big part of it is about um her journey through those things and regarding medication and you know at one point she she has a whole a whole song that's i miss the mountains i miss the joyous highs and the lowest lows Mm -hmm. and it's it's a very good thing to Maybe not if you're in a bad mental health place to see, but it's a it's a great thing if you're in a stage where you are um, actively addressing your mental health. It's a pretty beneficial plot line. Um, I might have to check that out. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's only like four people in the whole cast. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is phenomenal. It, it's one of my all-time favorite musicals. Yeah. I might have to check that out then. It's a much more modern one too. Like I don't like a lot of the old musical. I don't like old Broadway. Mm-hmm. I like the music of some of them, like in the same way that I like listening to the songs in Fallout. <laughs> but it's I won't just put them on in the radio like I will with something like Next to Normal or Spring Awakening. Right. Um, I do just want to talk about the effects of that 
loneliness that we're talking about right now as well. Like for me, we were talking in the previous episode that we recorded today, we were talking about um, being weird about touch. Mm -hmm. That is kind of what loneliness feels like. I, I am clinically diagnosably touch starved. What that really does is it makes it to where for me anyway, it makes it to where if I am touched, I can feel it for way longer than I should be able to. Like, mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. Um, But at the same time, you kind of crave it as well, like yeah. in your skin. And, like, it makes it weird when people touch you because you're like, you you want it so fucking bad. But then also it feels weird. Mm-hmm. So you're like, no, maybe, but no, you know? Right. And that's kind of like, that's another reason that it's so hard to deal with too, loneliness, loneliness I mean, because it is an external and you do need people to like fix it. When something's internal, you can actively do things to, yourself yes. to do it. All, all on your own. You, you can do things to... I don't want to say fight against it, but mm-hmm. you you get you get what I'm getting at there. Yeah. When it's external, you just don't have that amount of control. Yes, that's what it is. It is yeah. it is a lack of control. But I don't know. It's just it is hard to talk about still. But well, it's it's also hard to put into words too, yeah. especially because you have to consider that not everyone has experienced it the same way you have. And even though the words that you've come up with over the years make perfect sense to you and you cannot mm-hmm. think of a better way to describe it, somebody else is not going to understand because they are not connecting the same feelings and emotions to it. Since we're in a podcast, I'll put it in sort of a snappy way. I would say like like I mentioned anger being big for me as in size wise in my head, um, anger is dangerous. It feels dangerous. Mm -hmm. Loneliness feels deadly. It's like, like, uh, like a TPK situation. If you're a D and D person, (laughs) anger is a samurai and, uh, loneliness is a ninja. You never see the ninja. no, the, no, it's, anger, that's the way I'm picturing it. the the lonely The loneliness can sneak up. We are not going to go back you. to ninjas and pirates. No, <laughs> we're not. I would I would actually say that anger is more like anger is like a storm, like a regular storm. You can see it coming. You know it's that, going to be bad. That's what I was really getting at. Was I can see anger before it gets me. Loneliness is like a hurricane. You can predict mm. it. You cannot stop it. Like you can't put an you can put an umbrella up in anger. You can put you can get inside the house. You can stand under a tarp. Right. You can stand under the tarp or whatever. But and sometimes for anger, even just a raincoat is enough. Or sometimes you can just stand out in that shit. Yeah. You you can Brush it off and know that you'll you'll dry off eventually. Mm -hmm. Loneliness is like a hurricane and you live in fucking New Orleans or the Bahamas. Like you live in a danger, like it's big, you can see it, and it is not going to be stopped. So like it's, and all of this I mentioned, not to just put the spotlight on me, as we've discussed, I don't like that. But (laughs) it is because I really do want other people to understand like, yeah, I I have not been on a date since high school. I am 30. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, the last sexual encounter I had, I was 12. So, like, I understand how how long a long-term problem can be. Mm-hmm. And if I Kat just had not come along, I would be very much the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, like, pure luck happenstance, the mm-hmm. way our relationship began. And I do want people to understand, like, for me, it isn't always about getting out of it, but it is very helpful to understand that other people are also down here in this valley. Yeah. Like, you never alone. And if in the you valley. help each other by talking about your issues and sharing in healthy ways, 
your issues with other people, you will eventually make it out, or you'll eventually learn how to fucking see in the dark, which is admittedly somewhat cooler as a metaphor, (laughs) but less cool when you kind of think about the implications of said metaphor, but still better than walking in the dark. Yeah. And like, you know, my, my, um, my logic against suicide is not necessarily the type that everybody else seems to track by. Such a bad way that people get into when they're trying to rationalize against it. Where they're like, people who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge regretted it almost immediately, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, well, I don't necessarily regret trying to kill myself, even right after I did it. What I... What I came to realize was that, you know, coming back to that quote I mentioned earlier, I had not yet lived a life that I was proud of, so it Mm -hmm. couldn't be over yet. Yeah. Like, I might not ever heal, but until I do something that I feel like, okay, I did enough. I did the thing. Cool, we're out. Like, if you are considering suicide and that one where it's like, oh, it's selfish or whatever, none of that shit tracks for you, fuck everybody else. Fuck them. You are the person who is hurting. You go get what you need. Drop whoever or whatever is hurting you to the best of your ability. And just remember, like, like Don was saying, too, like, the lowest of the valleys equal the highest of highs. The worse your situation is, if you get help and you get the right help, you are in a position to live a more full life than anyone else around you. Like you are in a position to achieve fucking nirvana, basically. Like I would not wish trauma on anyone, but those of us who have experienced trauma are are closer to self-actualization than other people who have not. Mm-hmm. It's I've, I've said multiple times, I don't usually get along with people who had uh, particularly happy childhoods. I oft, I often do not. Yeah. It's, it's too much of this, like it happy feels go like lucky. They are immature. Yeah. It's, it feels like you haven't had to fight it all mm-hmm. to be, happy that's why i fuck with gay people and black people is because like i know for a fact that you had to fight dog i know it i've like there's no way you didn't and that's part of um i mean uh a lot of women too that's women part of too where yeah that's that's where i get this. as terrifying and dangerous as you all feel to me i fuck with you <laughs> <laughs> that's where i get this sense of like more than anything i want people who come from marginalized communities like that to feel safe around me. Yeah. I was going to say that's a big core tenant of my personality Mm -hmm. is I want people to feel safe around me. And here's just a quick little anecdote too. Do you want to know what changed my perception of the way women deal with their lives every single day? What was it? When I first started playing online games, I had, have I told this story? I think so, but tell it again anyway. I inherited my Xbox mm-hmm. from my uh, from my grandmother, and I didn't think to make a new Microsoft account or anything. She played puzzle games on her Xbox, mm-hmm. and so for years I played under the gamer tag Spooky Mama. Before I finally, you know, got enough money to change it. I mean, it's like ten bucks, but you know, I was a broke mm-hmm. you know, preteen to teen. And I'm fifteen. I don't have ten dollars. <laughs> Right, exactly. I experienced just a very small slice of what women, especially in the online gaming community, experience constantly if they have a gamer tag that mm-hmm. makes it clear that they're a woman. And I would get just like horrific messages. Yep. All the time. The All we, the time. That's the reason we don't tag Kat or uh, Kelsey in any of our fucking t- posts yep. because we don't want. Like, it's great having as many listeners as we have, even if it's only, like, a couple hundred compared to, like, bigger whatever. It's really cool. That amount of people, some of y'all would harass these women. Statistically, a couple of you are shitty. 
I cannot have that. <laughs> probably I, not the patrons. Probably not the patrons. If, if they like us they and like what us we enough, say enough to I, pay I, us money, then... I trust that, also, especially since like most of them are women, Yeah, Like I, I kind of trust that they're not as oh, shitty shit, do we as, have a demographic? On, as online we do. men are. All but uh, Jonathan Brada, my friend John, uh-huh. and Luis Navidad. So... Two thirds of our patrons are women. I bet we have a similar percentage of listeners, Although which is I, yeah, wild to know, me. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I Why are you it. listening to us? We're I don't three know what, dudes. What What's Bloody happening? Mary or Muddy Blarry is. I've never because they don't have a Facebook. With account. the Blarry, it feels like a, a a lady. Yeah, I'm not sure. Cat and my wife both think it's Blair, but I don't think it's Blair. I don't think it is. Blair. I think it's just a pun. I yeah. think it's a pun for a woman who might be named Blair. Maybe. Well, they, they'll be listening to this, <laughs> so they can tell us. Or <laughs> if, don't. If they whatever. so don't. choose, yeah, yeah. or don't. Yeah. Just, right now, in my head, you're sort of a combination between Mothman and Bloody Mary, so like, that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, that was the thing that, for me, uh, Kat and I were talking about this the other day, is why it came to mind, because I may have already told that story before, but that forever changed the way I view women. Mm-hmm. And the way I treat women mm-hmm. changed forever after that. Yeah, it happened in high school for me because while I never told anybody about my personal experience um, with assault, that until very recently, um, in high school, I had a lot of girlfriends who would tell me about their experiences and when you, when every woman you know has a story that is yes. similar to your own the one that I said earlier that shit changes your fucking f- it changes your world fast yeah like that's why when everybody else was like men are pigs I was like yeah pr- yeah. yeah 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 right yeah cuz like yeah like yep. come on Fucking yeah. be better. You, you, you two and Mark are about it in my life. I, it's, I don't. Will. Will's, Will's pretty good. I, lo- I love Will to death. But like, I have a lot of male friends who are really cool, and like, you know, not awful like that. And like, but fuck, you know. Yeah. Well, it's also you know you get to a point where you've thought about it enough, and you look twice at the the men in your own life. Yep. And you're like, wait, how do these men treat the people around them and especially women? I I even had a I had a friend in high school and if he ever hears this, sorry that you had to learn this way, bud, but you know, um be better, I guess. <laughs> like um he was my best friend in high school and um in fact, I was the best man at his wedding. The reason that I stopped talking to them was because I, whenever I tried to kill myself, I didn't hear from them. Um, and then after we started hanging out again, they never sort of checked in, you know, how you should. And so I just kind of stopped talking to them. But even in high school... He would, we, even my parents used to call him, um, a horn dog or a Mm -hmm. whore dog because he was fucking like, I feel like he, I, I, in fact, I know, I know personally, because he was my best friend that he cheated on every girl he dated in high school and then he got married right out of high school. So I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to bet money. That he has cheated on his current wife. Massive plot twist right now. Hmm. Muddy Blarry is his wife. <laughs> hey, well, uh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but I'm not going to say their names because I don't want anybody getting harassed. No, yeah, them. of course. But like, and I don't really, there's no like bad blood or nothing. But like, yeah. it's just, you know. That's that something is that makes you want to separate from somebody in your life. Yeah, that is one of those examples where it's like, yeah, maybe he has grown. Maybe he has gone on a similar journey I hope to so. what I have. I really hope so. And it feels like he was a good enough person that he would have done so. I did not need to be there for that. Yeah. And, like, I don't talk to one whole half of my family because they are 
not great. And they haven't been great for a very long time. And, you know, while some of them are getting better now, I don't need to be there for that. It's yeah. not part of my journey. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, if you're in the if you're in that valley that we keep talking about, keep alluding to, like, look up some resources. There, Do it. There and drop there. whoever around you is making you feel shitty. If your friends and your family are not fucking gassing you up and telling you, like, all the things that are good about you and trying to help you, fuck them. And I know, and that's more extreme than some people need to be. But some of yeah. us have to get to that point where it's like, fuck you. You are better than that. You have to, you, you are have worth to get more to a than break that. point sometimes. To and hit I don't that believe in you. worth. Right. Anyway, I just wanted to bring all this up because I wanted our listeners to know, especially since I think this one is going out public. That's up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one I think we're going to do. There's for, no way I can get this edited by Wednesday. Why would we edit it? Because there's some gaps and pauses and stuff. So? I the, the For the for an episode like this, gaps and pauses are useful. Okay. Um, I think I want this one to go out because it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I want this, this one and the tangents that we did earlier today are going to... This is going to give you a little bit of an idea of what, what you can find in our... Patreon. Patreon. Granted, yep. the Rubens rants usually don't go this long. The, they yeah, don't they're usually not go usually this long, this long and, and they're, they're usually, usually a little this bit serious lighter. at all. In fact, in one of them, I just try to convince Josh to read One Piece. I yeah. still refuse. I can't <laughs> Spoiler believe alert. you. I'll probably read it. I'm literally going to start buying the Tankoban, the the issues, and I'm just going to I'm going to read them and give them to you. I was I was going to so say the situation needs to be He's that you're buying them for yourself and then making me read them. He's going to fucking don't buy them. Oh, they're for me for yeah. sure. Okay, cool. Oh, he's going to clockwork orange you. I'm going to indoctrinate you into this. And also, anybody on this mental health podcast who has not read One Piece, let me tell you, as a person who has gone through some of the shit that I've talked about on this episode, One Piece is maybe the most important thing in my life. Like, it is probably the, the, the like, above fucking my family my friends it is the thing that helped me the most and my friends have done a lot like this podcast is up there but one piece has i have been watching one piece since day one funimation dub for anybody who knows what that means you know what's up but like uh for for the men in the room um the funimate the um uh, fuck four kids dub of one piece is we talked specifically about this on one of the other Rubens rants. Yeah, yeah, it is worse than it is worse than the meme of how bad English dubs can be. Yep. It is so bad. And the and the edits that they made are incomprehensible. And I was watching it since then. So it's been like twenty two years or something. And I've been reading it for about eighteen of those years. Yep. So, it, it got me through quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, like, it's, I mean, that was in the midst of some of the shit that, that was in the midst of, of all that that was happening. And I will never not, like, uh, so Tyler Crowley, one of the people on that piecemeal podcast, go listen to it, give them a rating, they're fucking amazing. Um, he was asked, they, so they did also a Destructo Discourse, which was about Dragon Ball Z. It was a Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. rewatch podcast. It was very funny, very good. Go listen to it. Even if you've never watched Dragon Ball Z all the way through, it's just very good as a podcast. It's so funny. Um, one, one of his friends from that podcast, Dave, I think it was, asked at the beginning of the One Piece or maybe in one of the Destructo Discourse ones where he was like, so Tyler, a person who owns the GT box sets, which if you know anything about Dragon Ball, you know that shit is wild that he bought those. Um, especially how much he hates GT. Yeah. And he, this, that guy asked, he's like, now considering that, if you had to choose One Piece or Dragon Ball Z, to be like the last living, whatever the fuck. He was like, which one do you prefer? And without hesitation, 
Tyler said, oh, One Piece for sure. And then in this most recent episode that dropped today, he asked his friend, he said, so Dave, you remember when you asked me with which one I prefer, Dragon Ball Z or One Piece? Do you understand? Do you yet understand why? And again, without hesitation, Dave was like, oh, certainly. <laughs> I want that moment for you. All right. Like, right. I really want that moment we'll, for you. We'll work at it. They, people have been chipping away at me on this for years. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't like to try to get people to like the shit that I like. It feels clingy and pushy in a way that I don't generally like. I will forever, forever, forever. I will tell you to watch one piece. I will, if I could without feeling guilty about it, I would strap you down fucking (laughs) clockwork, clockwork orange orange style with your eyeballs peeled open. And I would force feed you one piece because it's that good. You notice he's not saying this to me because you know, I won't live long enough to see every episode of one piece <laughs> i don't necessarily want you to watch one piece i want you to read it uh, i don't think ruben or i will live long enough to see the end of one piece either actually well well we probably got well oda says we have five years but he's been saying that for 15 years yep. so um i i do want y'all to read it but like it is one of those things where even on the podcast that i listen to like if you read one volume of One Piece one, once, once a week, it would take you about two years to finish One Piece. Everyone who starts One Piece and gets to, like, volume somewhere between usually three and nine, like, between the, at the top of that, they're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. I'll read some more. When they get to a certain point, usually it's whatever character will end up being their favorite character mm-hmm. from the crew. Um. Well, I'll even just tell you the names. It's either Usopp's story or Nami's story. If you're not in by then, it's not for you. But if you are in by then, it will take you less than two months to finish that shit. I believe it. With a full-time job and all. Like, it's (laughs) that good. Like how everybody fucking binge-watched Friends and shit or Stranger Things. Yeah. It's like that, but even more. Yeah. Hell, Cindy and I... New Year's Day when Cobra Kai season four dropped, mm-hmm. we watched all of it in one day. Oh yeah, and people are like, "One Piece is so long; it has a little bit over a thousand episodes." Like, yeah, but like, if you take out the filler, which I recommend, and then you only watch the parts that you've already seen, you can watch one episode of Game of Thrones or four episodes of One Piece. So, like. It's really not that much longer than most of the shit we're binging right now anyway. Right. Take you a couple weeks max. Yeah, I'll go on a rant one day about how little content is in every episode of an anime, but... Buddy, One Piece is the worst Ugh. for that. Especially later. Because of Toei. But we're, that's why I say read it. Because <laughs> while I do love the manga... Or while I do love the anime... Because, again, I watched the four kids dub, so nothing is as bad as that. Um, it, you know, I, I will rewatch the anime for as often as I feel like. But, like, a, like, once you read One Piece for the first time, you'll want to reread it again for the rest of your life. Chapter 1048 just came out. And I had, oh, in fact, shouts out to Erica... Engel is your last name now. Uh, Erica Engel t- uh, texted me and was like, hey, I hear you've been talking about One Piece a lot on the podcast. Is it worth it even with so much, you know, so many chapters and such being still released? And my response was this. Every single chapter that comes out, it is more worth it to read One Piece. For the past 20-something years, every single chapter that has come out, makes it more and more worth it to read One Piece. Not less. One day. Soon. Probably. Anyway, this episode has been long enough and serious enough. If you want to check us out, uh, if you want to hear more tangents and more rants and such, um, 
Look us up on Patreon, patreon.com. Look us up on all the things you've heard about a million over. times. And something we keep forgetting to tell you, you cannot search for us on Patreon. Oh, yeah. You I forgot about this, too. You actually have to manually type in the address, patreon.com forward slash two towns over, because we have explicit content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon's uh, search engine will not... Can't uh, say fuck as many times as I do and uh, yeah. get searched for, apparently. Yeah. So if nope. you want to follow us on Patreon and, and, and help us out, you have to manually enter in patreon.com forward slash two towns over. Once you once you sub, I think that it'll let you search yeah. us. But yeah. yeah. Um, also, follow us on Facebook if you want to send us a message. That's the best way to reach us. Yeah, two absolutely. towns over slash TTO pod. No, Facebook.com. Or excuse me, Facebook.com slash TTO pod. <laughs> um, Shouts out to the plant babies. Shouts yeah. out to the plant babies every yeah. episode. This one time, Ruben's rant's going to have a plant baby shout out. Shouts out to the plant babies. You guys, for real, uh, thanks for listening. We hope you guys are enjoying what we're putting out. We plan to continue to do it. And if 10, you need it. 10,000 downloads. Yep. And if you need it, go get the help. It's worth it. There's resources. You can make it happen. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>